Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you know the value of your work. My guest this week is Adam Friedman and I'm really excited to be sharing his story with you today. Adam is, among many other things, an executive council member for Team Enough, which is Brady's youth-led initiative to end gun violence. I've had a couple of Team Enough executive council members on the show so far, and I've really enjoyed talking with them, and I'm a huge fan of the work they're doing with Brady and on their own. So, without further ado, let's dive right in to this week's episode featuring Adam Friedman. Hey y'all, my name is Adam Friedman. Um, I'm a senior at George Washington University and an executive council member at Team Enough. I also am one of the co-presidents of education for Students Against Sexual Assault at my university, as well as a member of the Commission on Social Action, which is the governing body that focuses on justice initiatives for the Reform Jewish Movement. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Adam, and I'm really excited to get into this conversation with you. So can you start off by telling me about the experiences you've had in the past or maybe the challenges you've faced that led you to this point where you felt like you needed to get involved in activism and advocacy work? Absolutely. Let's see. I, I always tell people that I've been um, someone involved in justice work for all my life. I remember volunteering at mitzvah days at my synagogue when I was just a few years old, um, doing car washes to raise money for charity and not being tall enough to wash the hood of the cars. So I would just specialize on the hubcaps. Um, and as I got older, I learned more and more about inequality and systemic injustice. And I think those causes um, and the disproportionate way that minority communities are impacted by inequality in the United States um, has really like shaped my understanding over time. And I think um, that broader framework that I carry with me kind of shaped how I've processed my own trauma in relation to a lot of the issues I worked on. So for example, when I was 13 years old, my grandfather, who I looked up to for a lot of my young life, um, committed suicide with a gun. And that was a deeply, deeply difficult uh, traumatic event for me. It was very difficult to know how to move forward and exist in the world after that. And it was through the community of amazing advocates and activists that I met in the GVP space that I really found a path for myself to not only pro process my own grief, but also work on this issue. Um, I, I felt so much less alone seeing that my story was mirrored by so many other people and we all could come together and try and fight the circumstances that led to our suffering and the, the suffering of our loved ones. Thank you so much for sharing that with me, Adam. And I'm so glad that you were able to find this outlet of activism through Brady and 
through all of the other groups you're involved in uh, to help comfort you and really support you through those experiences. I'm so glad you have that outlet. So I would love for you to tell me some about the work that you've done and that you're doing now with Team Enough and with Brady. Can you tell me some about how that work looks for you? Because I know it's pretty different for each of the executive council members. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it's been a, um, a really exciting, somewhat long arc now. I, uh, I first got involved with Brady, I want to say in maybe 2017, early 2018, I was involved in gun violence prevention efforts throughout high school, doing a lot of lobbying around um, the purchasing power cities have to invest in smart gun technology to try to create safer protocols around firearm ownership and issues like that. Um, and then that effort which was really backed by my um, relationship with my faith. And I, I was doing a lot of interfaith work with uh, gun violence prevention at the time. I kind of moved into doing some fundraising locally for Brady and developing my network of GVP activists in the Bay Area where I grew up. And then in May of 2018, I had the opportunity to go and work in the Brady office and actually help found and create Team Enough. So, um, I remember it was a little while ago now, but at that time, there were so many young people who felt activated and uniquely um, impacted by the fact that we are disproportionately impacted by gun violence. Um, it felt uniquely apparent at the time in the wake of a number of very uh, highly publicized mass shootings that impacted young people. And so there was a real moment societally where uh, change could be made and a lot of young people could be brought into this movement. So working in the office, I had the privilege of working with some really incredible um, activists and advocates on the professional side, like Robert Disney, Omari Allen. And working with them, I was able to uh, support them in creating this incredible network of change makers called Team Enough which is a group of young people like myself who work on a lot of different issues, are affiliated with a lot of different organizations, and we all come together under this umbrella of Team Enough with the support of Brady to essentially take on the issue of gun violence in a way that feels authentic to the breadth of the issue in terms of how many people are impacted, all the different ways folks are impacted, and also the depth of the issue, so which communities are impacted the most by specific causes. and. Over time, as we worked on that the program, this initiative team enough and grew it out, I started to see a need for more specific programs that focused on policy. I was talking to my friend, Eve Levinson. It was my, my first year of college. And we were talking about how we had so many incredible friends and folks in our life doing GBP work um, that were really focused on organizing, really focused on protests and walkouts are all deeply impactful actions. And uh, I think there was a real need to translate some of that action into tangible um, policy change. So we created a proposal for this program called the Lobbying Collective. And I remember uh, that initial proposal outlined, I think it was pretty non-existent budget, the two of us running this program and um, an application to find folks who are interested in engaging in this work and engaging uh, at the highest levels of government in the United States. 
And uh, we were able to bring in some really incredible speakers from a lot of different amazing nonprofits, uh, former politicians, social justice lobbyists. And um, after that first semester running this program, people took interest in it and it, it was really successful. We were able to help push along things like uh, CDC funding for gun violence prevention research. We were able to pass a number of bills through the House. And since then, we've been able to expand the budget quite a bit and develop programs, not just uh, in D.C., but also a program in Virginia, program in Florida, program in California. And we're looking to continue to expand. So that work has been really inspiring for me. And uh, right now, I'm actually um, doing work that looks a little different for Deem Enough. Uh, for the past few months, I've been in conversations around how we expand our organization in a way that minimizes barriers to access. So a lot of that looks like how we construct our chapters and how we engage with communities and spaces where there's already a pretty expansive organizing network and not infringe on that, but really create additional resources and additional organizing spaces and frameworks for folks to plug into without feeling like they need to work under the label of Team Enough and let go of their other organizational affiliations or the work that they've done in the cities that they're from. That's so interesting and that makes so much sense. It also leads really well into my next question for you. You're one of those people who is involved in so many different organizations and you're advocating for different issue areas. I'd love for you to tell me some about the intersectionality of your activism and these different issues. Do you see the issue areas overlapping? Do you find it hard to balance your activism? I'm definitely interested in hearing more about your thoughts on intersectionality. Yeah, um, thank you for asking that question. I think it's so vital for us to consider the broader frameworks that exist around single issue areas that we often engage in. I'm really a, a big believer in this notion of collective liberation, the idea that the struggles of different groups of marginalized people are all interconnected and the reality that marginalization and systemic issues might impact different people and manifest differently in different spaces and they're all deeply interwoven right for example doing this work on gun violence prevention i you know often see how disproportionately um, black communities are impacted by gun violence. And that's a result of systemic issues, systemic racism and white supremacy um, that's inherent to the structure of the United States. And when I do work uh, in Jewish spaces, community organizing and working on policy, I see those same issues play out in different ways for the communities that we advocate for and also for, for Jewish people who have historically faced a lot of different um, barriers to participation in democracy and in uh, you know, social spaces in the United States. And I think understanding how different communities have certain similarities and also very distinct uh, differences in terms of how we experience marginalization is crucial to understanding um, how oppression works and also how to really address these issues, right? The, the reality is that trying to you know, further representation and address anti-Semitism through the Jewish community is uh, only going to do so much 
to actually address the root causes of hatred in the United States, but focusing on the depths of these issues and the breadth, right? So addressing anti-Semitism, racism, xenophobia, Islamophobia, all these different forms of hatred based on identity is, I think, a much more holistic and uh, important way to, to actually push against any single one of these manifestations of hate, because ultimately they, they all stem from a similar notion, which is that a white supremacy or certain groups of, of people in the United States who have historically created a power structure that they can reside at the top of use these tools of hate to oppress, right? And to me, when I, when I see that, I do see how they're all deeply interconnected. That's so interesting. And thank you for explaining that idea of collective liberation, because I think it's such an important idea to keep in mind when so many young activists like you, of course, are working on different areas and advocating in different spaces. I think it's important to keep that idea in mind. So thank you for sharing that way to look at the big picture. I think that's great. I would also love to know what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten from someone else? Are there any words of wisdom that you've gotten that have really stuck with you? Does anything like that come to mind for you? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think there are two pieces of advice that I've gotten in organizing that have been really helpful for me, more as an individual and uh, as someone who, who wants to do this work professionally for, for a long time. I think that first piece of advice is it's okay to say no to things. I think oftentimes, especially for young people who are in this work, we want to take on everything all the time at once. And that desire is so valid and understandable and it can um, really burn you out and it can really make you exhausted and have difficulty continuing to do work in the way you want to down the road. So I think finding the right balance uh, is, is super important. Um, and then I think the other thing is knowing the value of your work. The reality is that um, a lot of folks in uh, the movements we work on are unpaid, and sometimes that's a necessity depending on the kind of work we do. And when you're working for like a national nonprofit, um, I think it's really important to recognize that your work not only has a lot of value, um, but you should be compensated for it. You should be recognized as somebody who is contributing validly to the team. And the reality is like, as we live in this capitalist society, it really infringes on people's like ability to continue doing the work if their efforts aren't being respected and compensated. So I think that self-advocacy and ability to say no has been some of the best advice I've gotten. That's great advice, and it goes along really well with the whole movement that we're seeing today advocating for companies to actually pay their interns. A lot of people are starting to get behind that idea, and I think the idea of valuing work, especially young people's work, is so important, so thank you for sharing that advice. I have kind of a similar question now, and it's my last one for you. Lots of young people, particularly college students, want to create change and they want to get involved in activism work, but they may not know how to get started. Do you have any words of wisdom for those people who may be struggling with getting their foot in the door with this work? Yeah, I, I don't know about words of wisdom, but I can try my best. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I definitely have been in that situation. And I think the reality is uh, it's kind of perpetual in some ways, right? There's always some room that we're not able to be a part of or 
you know, a door we can't get past. And I think like what something that's inherent to being a change maker, wanting to make a difference is recognizing the need to create something new, right? Oftentimes we see a space that we want to be a part of, you know, we want to be able to join a certain room where decisions are being made. And it's exciting to be able to be a part of those spaces. And if there are obstacles in the way, say, look at what you feel is wrong in the space that you're in right now, right? Like look around your, your school, university, look around your community, really understand where injustices lie and address those directly, right? I think it's important to recognize that you don't need uh, permission from anyone who holds power, maintains the status quo to make change. You just need the platform of you know, the people you want to be working with and the support of people you're advocating for. And that's how you do the work authentically. But ultimately, you know, if you want to make change, I think it's important to recognize that all it comes down to is you and taking a first step. I first want to thank Adam for coming on to the podcast and for having this great conversation with me because all of his insights were so thoughtful and I really enjoyed talking with him. I want to really highlight one of the points Adam made, and that's the one about knowing the value of your work. I think as young people, it can be really difficult to put so many hours and so much effort into working for an organization, maybe as an intern or as a volunteer, and sometimes you don't receive much validation or appreciation for that work. I've been in a situation like this, and it's hard to feel respected, and it's hard to feel like the work you're doing is worth it when you don't feel valued. I think Adam's advice is great because even if you may feel like you're not being recognized, it's important to look at the bigger picture of the work you're doing and maybe think about the greater impact that you're making. Know that all of the work you're doing is benefiting your coworkers, your organization, and it's often benefiting you through the learning and the experience you're gaining along the way. Take that time to reflect on how your work is serving you as well as serving others, because change comes when you know the value of your work. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can follow Adam on Instagram at Adam underscore underscore Friedman to get connected with him, and you can also check out Team Enough at Team Enough and Brady at Brady Buzz. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.